millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. The shot and there's the goal! Out of almost nothing, Lee Novak has given Charlton the lead. Norwich making an absolute mess of trying to clear the ball from outside their own penalty box. The ball fed into Lee Novak and he thundered it home in the top right-hand corner. I've got to, I've got to say, four and a half minutes in, Terry, we both spoke about it. The symptom of getting the ball, but winning the ball back in a decent area. So they get it back very, very quickly, Charlton. Dispossess in the middle of the pack. Plays in the path of Novak, and Novak finishes right-footed, high into the Norwich net. Really, really assured finish, so great, great start. Coming back in their attack with Pinto down the sharp left-hand side, ball across the box looking for Watkins, and it's a shot from the edge of the box from Murphy, and it's the equaliser for Norwich. One, two, now picks up Murphy on the edge of the penalty area. He's running at Konza. Good tackle from Ezra Konza, but it runs back to Murphy, who takes the shot from a tight angle and buries it for number two. On a run, picks up Murphy, edge of the penalty area, he's got behind Dick still again. Ball across the box, needs Navisar touch. Oh, and it's almost a save from Dylan Phillips, but not quite as Watkins buries Norwich third. Tries to go past Jason Pierce who gets the block in and then a ricochet effort will drop to Tom Tribal who absolutely finishes the game off. So a very good evening to you and welcome to John Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are Mr. Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Good. You're back. You're back I'm from back. V Festival. I am, yeah. Have you been tested? Uh, not yet. No? Nah, tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow okay. Hopefully, hopefully everything will be okay. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, joining the pair of us and on what is officially his stag show. Because <laughs> this is his last show before he goes off to get uh, to be, be made an honest man of. Yeah, is, is Nathan Mullah how you doing Nathan? living the dream mate yep. like, do you like my attire my mankini oh very nice yeah why did I look I <laughs> nothing's broken out they're too small <laughs> well the mankini's too big but we'll leave that to your imagination on tonight's show we're going to look back at uh, Tuesday evening's uh, defeat at Norwich City we are out of the Carabao Cup 
which is good news really because it meant none of us had to get up at 4.15 uh, this morning for the uh, for the draw to find out that we would have been away to Brentford. Uh, we're going to hear from Johnny Jackson, the club captain, after the game. We're also going to hear from an addicts legend, Dean Kiley. Uh, he was there commentating for the club, but I managed to grab a little sneaky interview with him after the game, find out what he thought of the performance. Uh, got a couple of emails to read, of course. We're going to go back in time to 1998. We're going to hear from Carl Robinson on the striker search, and that's separate. I know it feels like the striker search started in 1998. But that's two separate things, that is. Uh, we're going to hear from Ellie Dory of the women's team uh, after their 6-1 win over Lewis uh, the other day. And then, of course, we're going to hear from Carl Robertson properly as he previews the uh, game this weekend with Rotherham. Uh, and uh, Nathan's going to tell us what his cashy back bet is for the week. You've all been uh, voting on that. But anyway, uh, like I said, first things first on Tuesday evening, uh, it was Carabao <coughs> Cup action. Uh, nine changes made. Uh, off to the perfect start with the Novak's goal, but ultimately we uh, we crashed out of the, of the competition. Uh, I can see the look on your face, Tom. You're devastated. Yeah, gutted. <laughs> Absolutely gutted. Um, no, I think in all seriousness, there's a lot more positives to take out of that than the negatives. Novak getting his goal. I mean, I'm not as big a fan as Nath is, but I was really pleased for him to get that. Um, I'm pleased that we're knocked out because, as I've said well, back end of last season, I was saying we needed this this arrogance around the league this season. And in the one show I've done so far, where I said I'm expecting us to win a lot of games in the league, so we can focus on that now. Um, and I also think I'm happy for those youth players. And we'll, I don't know if we're going to play Carl after, but the the opportunity they've had there to to test themselves against that opposition, you know, very different to playing against Exeter. Um, and I thought for large parts of the game, they came out of it well. I mean, I've only seen the highlights and I know Norwich dominated a lot, but from the sound of things, 4-1 was a bit harsh. And uh, yeah. we got ourselves in front and had chances to go even further up front, particularly that McGuinness chance. Um, so, yeah, all in all, I think a, a good evening in terms of experience for the club. Obviously, any loss is disappointing, but it is only a, a cut. I mean, yeah, like, so take, taking the positives from the performance, you mentioned the Novak goal. I thought that was a superb finish from Lee Novak early on. Um, we, we, I mean, Nor- Norwich. I thought were, were a decent side there, and we were. They, they, they didn't give us much time on it, but we still did get a cut into their half a few times. And Tariq Fosu missed a huge chance to, to, mm. to make us go two one up. The other one, yeah. uh, where he, he sort of twisted and turned on the edge of the six yard box, and then decided to try and pass it in the general direction of Cag. Yeah. Uh, but it was a rubbish pass, really. When he really should have shot. If he'd shot, he probably would have scored. Um, but you know, playing against the, the quality of opposition, I think Anthony Jig's still up against Josh Murphy. Is I mean that's a real learning curve for him, and, and and he did quite well against him. I mean, I'd say Murphy was easily man in the match, and, and he did skin him a few times. But there was other times when he kept up with him, putting some good challenges. But I think playing against players of that quality is only going to help to improve Jigsaw. Yeah, I was just about to say exactly the same thing, and I think Tell spoke to Carl on um, Tuesday after the game about it, and yeah, it was it's all well and good, you know, the guys going down to Exeter and. You know, just spraying out about and then making it look like strolling the park. But uh, Murphy coming against, which he is arguably one of the you know top players in the in the championship to come against that. It's yeah, there was some moments that he probably wouldn't have been too happy about because he was getting skinned. But it's an like you said, Lewis, an experience that he's going to learn from because you know he's not going to be playing against an average winger every single week. So it, make, it makes him think about and makes him look at himself how he can improve. And obviously, Big Nose getting his goal. I think it'll only, only, only be a good thing. I mean, I think he's been unlucky but with injuries and stuff. So it can only be a good thing. Mm. But like Tom, 
I'm not too bothered about the blooming Carabao or Caramel Cup or whatever it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't even know what the draw was. Was it at four o'clock in the morning? I didn't yeah. even watch it. I don't know how many people watched it. but I can't imagine too many did because it, wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't on telly anyway. <laughs> you could only watch it on Twitter. Um, you meant, you, I mean, we, we've talked, we, we talk about the, young, the younger players. Like I say Regan Charles Cook that had a shift in as well as mm. that you mentioned. But, but as, as you say, Lee Nova there. So he scored his goal. Mm. Now there's conflicting reports that are coming out today. I mean, um, Carl was asked about it, uh, about Lee on on the uh, the press day today, and I think I've cut that off because it's towards the end. But effectively said, you know, just wanted to go and get some goals, all this and that. But when Richard spoke to Carl earlier, um, I think yesterday, he made Carl Robinson made it quite clear that because there was this meeting between Novak and his agent or whatever, and Robinson, and and, and Carl's made it clear, it's up to you if you want to leave. So, I mean, which way do you think that's going to go? I mean, I, I'm definitely reading too much into this, but when Novak scored his goal, he just stood there waving yeah, his celebration. Yeah. I don't know if that was waving goodbye, but, I mean, which way do you think it's going to go? Now, obviously, we won't let him leave unless we get other people in. Yeah. I I get the impression from Novak that he wouldn't mind leaving. Um, I think he's been, in my opinion, he's been harshly treated, but I know he's come in for a lot of criticism. If we just look at the facts, he has come in for criticism on his performances whether that's right or wrong, as I say, is up to opinion, but he has. Um, I think if we did get another striker in, we'd be buying someone that's uh, someone who can basically be our second choice or first choice, him and McGuinness, which obviously would push Novak a bit further down the pecking order as well. Um, so I think that would also lead me to think he would want to leave. Um, but on the other hand, I think if we don't get anyone in... Um, which the longer this goes on, the more that worries me, and that is still a concern. But if we don't, and we are left with McGuinness and Novak, then this goal can only do good things for him, and he needs to continue to take his opportunities when he gets them, um, not only to get the, the fans that are criticising back on his side, but also to give him that confidence to challenge McGuinness for that starting role, I guess. Hmm. Now we're out of it. I mean, the, one of the other negatives of being out of it, I mean, in, in terms of the squad as a whole, it's, it, you know, that... The fewer games we have, the better, probably, because as as we've said, obviously our eyes are, are elsewhere. We, we we're concentrating on hopefully heading towards the playoffs or, or promotion. Um, but on the other, on the flip side of it, it is sort of one route to first team action for some young players that now now they've lost and they still got the, the checker trade next, next week against Crawley. But it, you know, it is good experience for them. Like two two different types of games. Um, the likes of Jig still have really caught caught the eye with his performance against Norwich in pre season then to bring it into, into into the first team fold as well. So it's, it's a shame for them that, that they, have, they have crashed out at this stage. Yeah, no, it's, it's, they're probably going to find their chances a bit limited now, but that's down to them now to put the put the graph. Now they've got a taste of it. And they've got um, they've got to put a shift in and try and dislodge the people that they're in now. I mean, obviously they, they'll never dislodge uh, Kashi, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that is the shame. But like you said, you've still got the checker self or whatever it is. Check yourself or you wreck yourself. That's the cup, one. Yeah. So you got that one. You got FA Cup. So there are there are games, and you know it's a long. We're gonna be playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday soon. So there's mm. gonna be injuries. So there's gonna be opportunities for them, and it's it's down to them whether whether or not they take them. Really, I think mm. the likes of Saar, Konza, Aribo, mm. Ahern Grant, they're all gonna be around the first team. Probably mm. more often than not sitting on the bench. But the size of the squad at the moment, we're gonna need them anyway. I think the likes of Dick Steele. You know, Regan Charles Cook, perhaps they're not going to get so many opportunities, and that's obviously frustrating for them, but they are still very young. Um, it would be nice if we had a slightly bigger squad that they could go off and play first team football somewhere else, like I know Robbo wants uh, Dylan Phillips to do as well. Um, but if we don't have that big squad, then they need to accept that they're 
younger players and all they can do is work hard in training, put in performances when they do get their chances um, and as Nathan says, push those players that so far in the first team have, have impressed on the whole. Hmm. Right, after the game, obviously we, we spoke to Carl Robertson, we've got a fair bit of Carl uh, coming up later on in the show and I didn't want to ruin Charlton Exiles evening. Uh, so <laughs> so tonight, so we're, we're going to forego the, the, the post-match with Carl but we have got uh, a couple of, bit of uh, bits of post-match audio. The first one is of course with the skipper, now player coach uh, Johnny Jackson. Uh, and he was asked how he saw the game and if he was disappointed to have been knocked out. I'm disappointed, first of all, because I've, we've lost the game. wanted to go through, wanted to win. Um, and I felt like we had an opportunity to do so. Um, so from that point of view, yeah, I'm disappointed. I think because they're so good, the young lads, and because we've got such a good squad and we can put a side out, I, I, I felt it was capable of winning the game. And I think we had moments in the game that we could have exploited better. Um, to give us more of a chance and, and knowing the way we played at Exeter um, and what, what the team was capable of that was out there tonight I don't feel like I don't feel we performed to that level so I am disappointed but like you say from a coach's point of view great learning night uh, for some of the young lads to come here play in front of a good crowd beautiful stadium pitch against a really strong side Basically, the side that they've been putting out in the league is a is a great test for them. Um, obviously, we've come up short, but that gives them an idea of the uh, the level that you need to be at to sustain um, if, if they want to go on and, and, and play at this level themselves. As a club captain, as as a coach as well, um, uh, and when you get that close, because I mean there were fine lines tonight. You know, yeah, took the lead. Um, the equaliser came. They were putting us under pressure, obviously, but then. Uh, two of the goals were uh, unlucky deflections that teed them up in the first place. We had a couple of chances that maybe could have got us back in it. Is there um, a sense of frustration from younger players that might uh, might be negative? Is, there a, is it your job and the, the management's job to uh, to make sure they turn it in all positive? Yeah, I, I think so. You've, you've pointed out all the things I'm saying. That's why I'm disappointed that, that we haven't won because I felt like there was... I mean, in the end, it looks like they've, they've won easy and they probably have, like, last, last ten, you know, keeping the ball and things like that. But I don't think that... So, uh, told, told the story of the game. It, it was fine margins. We, uh, if anything, we we probably scored too early because up until the goal, we started great. I thought Bright was in their face, was keeping the ball. We scored and then sort of sat off them and said, you know, come what you got. And obviously the pressure built up and they got their equaliser. Then just before half time, we should score again and go in two one up, which gives the whole game a, a different sort of different look, I think, and a different team talk at half time. And a different approach, maybe second half. Um, but it wasn't to be, you know. You can say if some butts and all that, but in the end, we've we've took a took a bit of a hiding score line wise, and it's probably in the long run it will be a it will be a great thing for for some of them young boys because it has shown them the fine margins. They'll probably be thinking, yeah, yeah, we done okay, we done okay. When you lose the game four one, so it just shows you, you know, the, the 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 fine margins in football and the levels that consistency that you've got to you got to be at to um, to compete the skipper Johnny Jackson there started counting the change in his pocket halfway through his interview there I think that's what happens when your playing career is coming to an end you've got to start watching the pennies haven't you I thought he was dipping into Nathan's wedding fund <laughs> oh, I had three pound in <laughs> <laughs> maybe he wanted to get a Mars bar on the way home or something. we had to pay you after the interview though as far as 
trying to pay your wages. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's, it's always great to hear from Jacko, uh, and obviously he's in his he's in his new role now. He's coaching, so you can you can you can hear he's talking with a different sort of head on, talking mm. about thinking about how 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 it was a good game for the kids, but there's still things to learn, all this and that. I mean, um, you know, how, how well suited do you think to the coaching role Jack, Jacko is? Because he, he seems to be uh, embracing it with, with two hands so far, doesn't he? Mm, I think he's ideal. Um, you know, we said. And we continue to say what a, what an unbelievable club captain he's been, and you know he's not just an ambassador in that role. He he leads by example, and I think he's the sort of player that can then take that into a coaching role because he he just garners respect, you know. Um, and you take someone perhaps like you know uh, someone like Beckham wasn't probably the best player for England when he was England captain. Uh, certainly wasn't the quickest again, like like Jacko, um, but you know just gained respect from from his fellows uh, his fellow players his colleagues um and i think he does the same here you know he's been here for a while he knows the club inside out um it, people seem prepared to listen to him and i think that you know whilst that's not everything and, and he needs to develop those coaching skills as well which obviously he's doing under robinson uh it's going to play a big part because people are going to listen to him and we often when we have sue on the show she talks about some footballers being like like children and you have to treat them like children well He's been here for long enough, and he's able to to guide them through this club, even if they're not here for a long time. And and I per- personally think he's ideally suited to do that. How much of a role do you think Jacko still has to play on on the playing front this season? Um, <clears throat> limited, I think. I, I think um, he's only really going to cut. I think he'll probably play um, left back now. Now Jade Silva's gone on that international game. I don't know what game is it. The Oldham game. Uh, I, yeah, I, will be. Yeah. I can imagine him going in there for, for left back there, possibly. But I don't. I, don't, I can't. I think he's going to be one of those coming in steady in the ship at last ten minutes away mm. from home or trying to see a game out. I think. But yeah, um, which I think we all sort of knew it was going to come to that stage anyway. But like Tom said, in terms of his coaching, can't you can't really ask for anything. The respect, the respect he's got with seeing all the youngsters coming through, and I think it's brilliant. But I mean, in terms of playing, yeah, I mean. Hopefully he gets at least a goal. But I think if we get Spurs away at Wembley in the FA Cup, he might fancy his chances of playing <laughs> there because obviously he's not going to get many more of that. But uh, yeah. yeah, aside from that, and he'll probably, if this is going to be his last season playing at all, he'll probably get a, a run out right near the end of the season. Yeah. But aside from that, like Nate says, it'll be it'll be cameos and, and shoring things up at the end of games. Yeah. Now I know they say never meet your heroes, but um, in, in, I'd say in the last six months now, I've met. Two two players from my favourite ever Charlton team. So Kish came into the studio at some point last season, didn't he? And, and I got mm. to meet him, and I was so excited. And now when um when I heard that Dean Kiley was going to be t- uh, commentating alongside Terry up at Norwich, I thought, oh excellent, that means I get to meet him. But they say don't meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed. Kish, legend. Dean Kiley, the nicest man I've ever met. Mm. So knowledgeable in football and. Um, uh, it's, I, was, I was so happy to meet him uh, and he was more than happy to uh, have a quick chat with us after the game uh, at Norwich on, on Tuesday to let us know what he thought of the performance who, who he'd uh, sort of pick out from our young players uh, and also he's got uh, obviously Dino is coming back for the, uh, the the Legends game so I asked him a quick question about that as well but uh, this is Dean Kiley after the after the defeat at Norwich uh, Joined by former Charlton goalkeeper Dean Kiley who's been here watching tonight's game against Norwich City and, and the Addicts crash out by four goals to one I thought that was a Okay, gave it slightly lopsided feel that that scoreline in yeah the I think that's right I mean listen you, you, Norwich probably deserved to go through but probably not to the um, not with the scoreline that it was it, you know I felt sorry for Charlton Charlton started 
very, very well in the, in the you know, really took it to Norwich and, and got themselves a goal up. But then Norwich played their way in, Charlton had to be a defensive unit and, uh, you know, defend for long periods of the game. But And I thought they did it well, but, you know, with a young side on the pitch, I think overall some individual good, good performances from some of the youngsters at Charlton. And ultimately, they'll learn from this. They'll learn from this moving forward. So, that, there's a plus, hopefully. Charlton have always had good young players coming through. I'm sure that, that was the same at your time as well. But I mean, is there any players in particular who stood out for you tonight? Well, listen, I thought the um, I thought the right back in terms of Dick Steele, in terms of you know, he's up against Josh Murphy, who you know, I work with Josh Murphy, and he has got a big, big future. He will play at the highest level for a long period of time. So great for him to pit his wits against such a player. And listen got exposed a few times but in the main stuck to his task really really well and did uh, and, and did overall did well for me given your years of service as the Charlton goalkeeper I can't not ask you tonight about the current the, the, the young goalkeeper tonight Dylan Phillips or did you make him yeah, well listen when I worked at Norwich City um, I was instrumental in putting Declan Rudd uh, at the football club last year uh, so he came on loan to Charlton and you know talking to Declan he was really impressed with uh, Dylan one as a person as a character uh, in terms of what he offers Monday to Friday young lad trying to work hard trying to um, develop his game and you know I think he I think he looks a solid goalkeeper he really really does and I think I think he'll make a living and can he um, can he help Charlton in the years to come and I think yeah he can be in and around the squad and, and really make a contribution from the outside looking in, how, how do you rate Charlton's start to the season? I guess from what you're reading and then the sort of squad that Carl Robson's put together. Yeah, I think um, I think tonight, obviously, we've seen predominantly younger players um, who will have to make an impact throughout the season. There's no question about that. But I think Carl Robinson is a good manager who will try and get the ingredients right of a solid core, a solid base, but with a splattering of younger players in and around. And like I say... Over the course of a season, they'll all have to step to, step up to the plate and make a contribution. And if Charlton want to get promoted, which I hope and I've got my fingers crossed that they do that, everybody will need to uh, to step up and uh, and make a contribution in that. And of course, the Charlton Legends game is coming up soon, and I, I bet you can't wait to get back playing at the Valley again. Absolutely, over. I've never played uh, in many games in terms of you know sort of veteran games or anything like that because not really appealed to me but when Keith Peacock asked me to do would I play in this one uh, I didn't hesitate for a second and the answer was yes most definitely yes so really really looking forward to it a little bit of a fitness regime I think I'm still in good nick and uh, yeah, listen. The ingredients of uh, keep the ball out of the goal always remain the same. So I'll be, uh, I'll be, if called upon, I'll be trying to do that. Well, for one, can't wait to see you taking to the Valley Turf again. Thanks for joining us on Charlton Live. Dude. My pleasure. Cheers. Johnny Jackson is in. No! Shelton live. Dean Kylie there speaking to me after the game up at up at Norwich, and uh, like I say, he's he's such a nice bloke, and he, so he came he came into like the. Uh, the press room before the game and I was just sat there with, with the Charlton Media boys we, they gave us, gave us a little bit of food and stuff and Dean Kylie comes sat next to us uh, and we just got, got when a legend like that comes in you just you can't help but just talk about his best moments we're, we're talking about his his best saves because the club mm. have put out a couple of tweets of videos of it 
uh, throughout the game. We're talking about his best saves, and the, the best thing about Dean Kylie, he, he wasn't humble about it. He wasn't. Like, uh, he was like, "That was a great save, yeah." And I remember that one. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> he, he was clearly very proud of his career, and so, and so he should be. And like we say, so he's, he's going to be here at the, the Legends uh, United game on Sunday, the seventeenth of September. Um, oh, so I can't wait for that. That's going to be a special day, isn't it? Here down, here down at the Valley. Yeah, I'm I'm on the honeymoon, so I miss it. Unfortunately, ah, yeah. Holy damn it! <laughs> Rather come to the game than go to Antigua. Oh, but <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, I'm going. I can't go because I see Clive's coming down. I see um, Minto, Rob Lee, and they. Got oh, there's this untold amount of legends yeah. coming over. Yeah, Howley's back. Mendonca, you've Keith, mentioned Keith Peacock's. Ain't, uh, yeah, he ain't playing, is he? Should, uh, so I don't he? know. <laughs> he could be a substitute. Be be first up substitute. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then, but yeah, no, then I'm straight away. <laughs> it'd be great. I mean, I'm glad I'm missing yeah. it, obviously. But um, hopefully, you can get it. Um, we can get it sold out. I mean, they sold that the, the thing out for that YouTube thing yeah. here the other day. Outrageous. So surely we can do that. So yeah. hopefully, we can still for a good cause. Yeah. So don't forget the, t- the tickets are on sale for. I think it's about ten quid. Yeah, ten quid. Yeah. 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 So um, and yes, yeah, ten pound for adults. Two pound. Uh, mm-hmm. For under eleven, Keith Peacock's one of the managers. Dave Dave Berry from uh, Capital FM, or he's oh, from it, yeah. yeah. I don't think he's still at Capital, but he's uh, on XFM now. I think yeah. Dave Berry is the uh, other manager. Now, don't don't forget, if you come to that, all the money is going to the trust. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, all the money there's no the trust don't have to pay to hide the ground. They're not, they don't even have to pay for the catering. Like mm-hmm. DNC, who normally take however many percent, aren't taking any. So any any penny you put into that game. He's going straight to the trust. Like three yeah. days before. <laughs> yeah, so that's all for charity, oh. charitable offence, uh, uh, and we all know the good work the trust do. So, really, I mean, that, that you saw, you would have seen it today. Actually, the trust um, uh, is uh, announced today. They're joining up partnership with uh, the team that was called Beckley Invicta, uh, which is uh, the LGBT plus friendly team, uh, and now going to come under the wing of the trust. Um, have a really close relationship with them, and I think that makes apparently that makes us the first club. Uh, trust to have a have their own LGBT related team, mm. um, so that's really good news. Hopefully, we'll get some audio from that for Sunday show to find out what they're all about. So, but yeah, that's that's part of the good work the trust do, along with the upbeats, uh, the street crime ruins lives campaign, all that sort of stuff. So, if, um, so not only would you be donating to a good cause, that's a great reason to come. But the main reason to come is you're going to see all these all these Chelten legends on the pitch. So on Sunday the seventeenth. Of September, I'm going to be here watching them. So hopefully, you guys all will be as well. Right, we've had a couple of emails uh, during the week about the game. The first one's come from <clears throat> Alex Mond. It says, hi guys, no guys, uh, no doubt you'll be covering the game at Carrow Road from Tuesday. It was my first game of the season. I've got to say that despite the scoreline, I was impressed. Bearing in mind that half of the team that Norwich put out on Tuesday had played in their previous league fixture and our young players still managed to cause them problems is something that should be applauded. If we had put out a full strength team, I think it would have been a very close game and we could have had a, re- a very real chance of winning. However, the league has to be the priority this year, so I'm pleased that Carl fielded a young side. Duke still did well at right back with his pace getting him out of the odd spot of bother and he made a fantastic last ditch tackle on the edge of the six yard box in the second half. Clark was exciting and always looking to move the ball forward. Aribo had some nice touches and Cag worked hard. I was desperate for him to score to give his confidence a boost. Uh, I also thought that Novak worked hard, especially on one occasion in the second half when he chased back almost the entire length of the pitch to win back possession. We lacked movement in the final third uh, runs forward from McGuinness and De Silva late in the second half, show what we should have been doing earlier in the game, and we lacked a little composure at times. However, that is to be expected with a young team. I'll be at Rotherham on Saturday, and I'm excited to see how the first 11 get on. If they can play with the same effort and application that was on display on Tuesday, coupled with better movement and composure, I'm expecting nothing less than three 
point. So there was a very good point there. And that, that's how I felt coming out of the game. I, I, I thought 4-1 was very very much a harsh scoreline. Um, the, the only point I thought I mentioned, actually, so obviously we, we fielded a very young team. Uh, and then Carl bought on the likes of Jason Pierce and Josh McGuinness and J.D. Silva, so all players who are first-team players. I mean, what, what were your views on that? Because, I mean, there were some people on Twitter saying, what surprised you risked them? Now, Carl gave an answer after, which is saying, he was talking about the players who had stayed at home and had a certain amount of training that day, the equivalent to playing half an hour, whatever it was that McGuinness got. So the reason it was, was to keep them up, up to speed with the rest of the squad. But do you think it's a risk to take that um, in a League Cup game? Yeah, I suppose in a way it is a risk, but he, like, like you said, he said they he needed they were in the red zone, so they needed to get their the the minutes into their legs. So they're because I mean he's, it made sense in a way that I mean I thought he was just chasing the game, but if he's trying to make them fitter, because remember we are still only three weeks into the season, so we're still not going to be firing on all cylinders. So um, I mean it made sense in terms of fitness side, but obviously none of us would have known that at the time. We would have just thinking, well, he's going for it. Yeah, um, but well, I, w- I wouldn't have put them in and chase it, especially if one of them got injured. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can understand why he done it, especially if it's fitness reasons. I don't know, like footballing, I wouldn't have done it. But I, that's why he's a manager, and I'm not. I'm sitting here. Oh yeah, you're not a manager <laughs> no. at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give it time. Well, football manager maybe. <laughs> uh, we also had an email in from Ryan Fitzgerald. Now I'm sure you guys will remember Ryan. He's a, a listener who's a teacher up in Manchester. Uh, hi guys. Uh, very off topic, but it's GCSE results day today, and I'm wondering if I could air a congratulations to all my Year 11 students. They smashed their English GCSEs with an honourable mention to the two converted Charlton fans, Jack and Matthew. Well done, Jack and Matthew, for well your done. GCSEs. The rest of them don't care. Yeah. <laughs> not Charlton fans, not interested. That's Especially my if motto. they're Palace fans as well. Yeah. <laughs> they're unlikely to be Palace fans in Manchester. Surprised sure. there's Charlton fans. Yeah. But they, they, know, they, know, they know on what side their bread is buttered because they've got a, a special mention from the teacher there. Cheers for that, Ryan. Uh, in all seriousness well done to, uh, to your youngsters there for the hopefully good results uh, right, this one is from Gareth Murray it says dear studio the, the, the title is away form so it was a bit of a debate to, to be had here it says great show as always uh, I would like to know your views on our away form in the calendar year of 2017 we've only won three competitive away games out of 13th one, uh, one of those wins was against Bolton uh, the other two were against already, already relegated Chesterfield and League 2 Exeter. Although it's easy to deride Carl for this poor form, things were hardly rosy before he came in with Russell Slade only managing one away win in eight league games. This is a worrying trend, and although the majority of those games were last season, it does look like Carl has managed... Uh, has managed to buck the hasn't managed to buck the trend so far this season with two losses out of three. Why do you think our record is so poor away from home? Are we tactically naive away from home? Do we go to the smaller grounds and think we're better than them and assume the game is already won? Is it poor travel preparations or is it because we're a big scalp so home teams give it a bit more against us? I look forward to hearing your suggestions. And as a PS, when we went up with Powell in 2012, our away form in the league was three losses out of 23 games. Carl has to turn it around quick. And obviously, the, I mean, the, the promotion under Powell was a, a sensational season, 101 points. So that's, yeah. you know, the, the five, we, have, we lost five games all that season. So that's probably an anomaly. So the, the three games in that season, I mean, you could probably afford to lose five away games a season if you're going to win the title, I mm. imagine. Something, something in, in that ballpark. I mean, how, how much do you, do you, can, can you look at last season's form and, and think about it this season? Because I mean, it is a good point. We lost at Plymouth. That is our only league game so far. That's the only one I could probably really count. I think our away form, particularly at the back end of last season, was poor. Um, I know, like me and Nath made a few trips towards the end of the season. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Southampton in particular. Was so it's your fault, basically. Basically, it could just be that, yeah, because I was at Plymouth as well, wasn't I? So, um, yeah, we were, we were poor. And as I say, Northampton in particular was disappointing. Um, but I don't, I don't think we can compare that to this season. And if we look this season... Plymouth, as you say, being the only one we can really look at at the moment until Saturday's gone. And we played well at Plymouth and, and arguably should have won that game or at least gone two, two or three up in the first half. So I don't I don't think it's tactical naivety. I don't think we... I think maybe this season we are going to start to go there and think we can brush teams aside. But I think, as I've said many times, I think that's an arrogance that we need to take into games. It's not one that we think those teams are beneath us. It's that we think... We want to be at the top of the league, therefore we, we need to go out and win this game. So, but last season it was poor, uh, and because of that, 2017 as a whole looks poor. But let's give ourselves four or five away games this season before we start looking at it as a, as a massive problem this year. Yeah, Nathan, what do you think? I mean, is it too early to tell? I mean, yeah. if, I mean, if that Plymouth game, I mean, could have won it as well. It could it could have gone either way, really. So, I mean, obviously we can't we can't be saying that every week, but it could have. No. But yeah, I mean, in, in, if I if try and put it in perspective in my side, I mean, last season you had a load of old players that that Cole didn't, didn't really fit into Cole's style of play, and he, he didn't really want there, and some people didn't want to be here. So those ones I can understand now. Plymouth should have been winning, went one nil down against the run of play, and then they, then we're chasing a game, and then the other two Exeter we won, and Norwich it was a it was a mishmash of player so I'm not too concerned at the moment but I understand I get his point in terms of um, naivety but I'm exactly the same as Tom I don't think it's that I just think Plymouth we are unlucky give it if we if we have if we had that same email say at the end of September it'll probably give us a better indication of um, whether it's tactical naivety or if we're not good enough because we've got the squad and you know it is one only the first is only the first game Mm. um but yeah, no, I'll, I'll probably, we'll probably revisit that at the end of, all, yeah, end of yeah. September. I think, I think it's a fair point to, oh, to yeah, point no. it out from Gareth. But yeah, I'd, let's just see, let's, like, like Nathan says, just see where we are. This is a new team now. Hope, I mean, uh, hopefully we, we, can, we can turn that form around. It was, it was poor at, at times away last season. But there's, there are other games away last season where, up in Port Vale where we should have won about 5-1. And we drew one all. So hopefully, hopefully the, uh, the form will... Uh, turn around as we go on that is a good email from Gareth we're going to have a quick break and we'll be back in a few moments here on Channel Live Cash sees but all McCovey's line he's gone for it you know oh what a goal oh what a goal by Armacashi oh that's almost at the halfway line unbelievable strike that is outrageous right footed well, 
dribbling away. Balls for Robinson. The strike comes in. Oh, it's there. John Robinson claims the honour of Charlton Athletics. First goal in the FA Carling Premiership. Charlton fans have waited a long time for this moment. And it's Welsh international winger John Robinson. Hunt getting the ball in for Mendonca. Jones making the save, it'll fall for Redburn! 2-0 for Charlton. 15 seconds of the second half played and Charlton attacking right from the start. And Neil Redburn gets what might be referred to as his just desserts. Mendonca's away here, Mendonca's in, Mendonca's over, that's a penalty, that's a penalty and I wonder if the goalkeeper could be in trouble. So now Mendonca up against David Howells, Mendonca steps up, it's 3-0, Clive Mendonca scores for Charlton. Here's Rufus, striding through the centre of the defence there. Trying to find Mendonca, and it almost reached but Rufus is going to get in now. Mendonca with a chance to make it four. Surely Mendonca, it's 4-0 to Charlton. Clive Mendonca. Well, Southampton have been routed here at the Valley this afternoon. And who would have predicted this? Charlton Athletic 4, Southampton 0. Charlton, four, and could it be five? Oh, it could be five. Clive Mendonca has a hat-trick. And Charlton have wrapped up their first ever top division match in London SE7 with a 5-0 victory. And Clive Mendonca, who scored a hat-trick at Wembley to get Charlton promoted, has marked, has announced his arrival in the Premiership with a hat-trick against Southampton. I wish we were there. That was uh, takes us back to 1998, our first ever win in the Premier League, although obviously football started before 1992 and we'd actually been in the top flight probably seven or eight years before that. But it, you know, for, for someone of my age, that was uh, our first win in the, in the top flight, uh, our first goals in the top flight. A hat-trick for Mendon Crude, finished off the last season obviously with a hat-trick at... Uh, at Wembley, um, every every week we go through the, these "Wish We Were There" games and uh, just think of all the legends. But I mean, uh, Neil Redfern, apparently not a legend, but um, uh, John Robertson who opened the scoring for us that day. I mean, one of my one of my all time Charlton heroes, and uh, it was. Uh, I'm glad that he was the one who got our first ever Premier League goal. Yeah, I know. Um, Robbo was a um, what's the word? He was just uh, just a maniac, wasn't he? He was, he was just <laughs> like he just didn't. He's like Kishishev as a winger, do you know, or a cashier as a winger. He just didn't stop running, you know. And he had a good, a good bit of quality about him. He was just, he just loved playing, and he had so much determination and work rate. It was just nice. So yeah, it was nice for him mm. to get, um, get the goal. Yeah, I had good memories of that game. I've, I've, mm. I've, it's before the days of, you know, the proper internet and all that. And me and my family had been on holiday, and we were flying back on the Sunday, the day after the game, and we didn't know the score yet. And we got on the plane, and they 
bung some like newspapers on the plane so we could find out the score. And I just did not believe my dad when he said we beat them Southampton five 0 because we just got promoted. <laughs> like we're a small small fish in a big pond. Southampton had been in the Premier League for ages at that point. And uh, yeah, when we won five 0 that was a, a lovely, lovely little memory. Right, um, as as we do every week at the moment, we'll talk about the search for the strikers. Now, Carl does uh, bring this up a bit more um, in in the main bit of his press day, which we'll hear in in probably ten minutes or so time. But just just a little clip from today's press day that uh, didn't make our main clip. This is Carl Robinson after he was asked um, uh, asked about the, the strikers he currently has. Obviously, we currently have McGuinness and Lee Novak. This is what he had to say. I've all been told that the players that we've got here are very, very competitive, and they certainly are. I do believe on the day, Josh and Lee be as difficult a pairing as anybody. Um, so I've never moaned over what we've got. I just want more. Yeah. I'm greedy, but so are you. We all are <laughs> football fans. We're greedy. We always want more. Yeah. So are we being greedy? I mean, he says there. So he says I've been told my players are very competitive, but I want more. So obviously the question is, will he get them more? But you know, who's who's told him they're competitive? Is, does he believe that there's enough in there to get a squad? I mean, he says he says unequivocally later on that he thinks even if they don't get a striker, they can still go for automatic promotion. But what's, I mean, obviously he's going to say that because he's very positive and he wants to keep mm. the, the the spirits up. What, what what's um, our views on that? I think as well he needs to keep Novak competitive at the moment because there is this talk of him wanting away and he's the only other striker we've got to McGuinness um, I think if he's being honest and if we're all being honest it's not enough no um, it may well be that on their day they're going to get 10-15 goals each through this season but uh, we need for me we still need a third a third striker in there um, and it needs to be a third striker of proven quality um, not relying on someone like Hanlon we did last year or Hearn Grant if you're going to start playing him more up the middle this year Um I think that Novak has shown in small glimpses what he can do. McGuinness in bigger patches. It's fine. It's finding the right one that, that's going to be the issue, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean it's we've difficult. had all summer to do it. It's, it's a yeah. frustration that some fans will feel, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the difficulty thing. The difficult thing is you've obviously got <clears throat> big Novus and Josh, and yeah, you can only play one at a time. And then so at the moment you'd have Josh playing, and then big Novus on the bench. But then if big Josh gets an injury say tomorrow and he's out for six months exactly no starts and then you've got nothing on the bench to change a game so I think another one I wouldn't say another one is being greedy if he was asking for you know a, a striker two wingers and a central midfielder then yeah, yeah that's being greedy but I think logically it's not because um, but I mean yeah like you said they're coming at a premium for you at this time now we've got what f- six days seven days left to the window shots the prices that you're going to be paying now, you're going to be paying a premium, especially mm. if they're proven strikers as well. Because um, otherwise, if you go out, if you go out and buy someone that's not proven, then you've got to sit back and say, "Well, if I go and get Mr. Smith from X Y Z, who's unproven, is he better than Carlin? Yeah. Is he better than Handen? And then that's the otherwise that's when you're wasting money. So the only person you're going to be able to get is someone who's actually proven at this level. And do that, you're going to, it's going to cost a bit of money, which I can understand the people who said it was, he has competitive competitive strikers. I can uh, I can hazard a guess who that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, the injury crises that we've had over the over the last few years have obviously really affected us. And do, do you feel we're in a better position to try and deal with one this year? I mean, talk, think, think, thinking around the entire squad. I mean, there are positions that we'd definitely be okay in. I guess I, I feel like the attacking midfield. Yeah. Yeah, even with Marshall and Reeves out at the moment, we've got some quality in there. Mm. Um, do you think the squad as a whole is there in, in terms of that sort of thing? Because if that happens again, it could really affect us. We're, de- we're definitely better than we were, um, better prepared to cope with it. I still don't think the, the chances of us getting all 11 first teamers, obviously, it, 
unlikely at, at one time. But if we had to suddenly replace them all, like we did pretty much on Tuesday night, that second level of player clearly isn't quite up to the standard of that first eleven. Having said that, I think most places the cover is far better than it has been in the last three or four years. Um, I just think like Carl um, and like we've said over the past few weeks there are a couple of places where we do need that extra player and I think forward is definitely one defensive midfield is definitely one and probably another keeper Um, I think right back if we had to for Solly I think Dick Steele certainly proved in the pre-season friendly against Norwich that he he can slot in there I think left back when Page is back I think we've got cover enough there centre back's fine and as you say attacking midfield fine so there's two or three places we need um, still. I don't think we're going to get those two or three players, but we certainly need another striker. Um, but yeah, we are, we're better than we have been, definitely. Now, you mentioned Carlin a minute ago. I mean, uh, what have you made of his performances so far this season? He, has, he hasn't played in the striker position. I think he's, he's come off... Um, mm. Did he come off the bench in the league game? Yeah, he yeah, did. He, he's, he's set up the goal. He set up at least one goal against... Uh, against uh, Northampton Town what, 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 came on against yeah, Plymouth as well, didn't he? Yeah, was he, he have the long ranger. Yeah, he did. That's right. Yeah. So, do, do, I mean, do you think he's ready to? I mean, we're still saying ready. I mean, we we forget how young he was when he first started, and he is still very young. I think he's twenty one, twenty two. But the the other thing, do, do you think he is capable backup at the moment? Do you think he's proven himself to be someone who's capable to play down the middle if needs be? Yeah, I don't think Carl sees him as that. To be honest, I think Carl sees him one of those. Um, those wider players mm. but in I the mean, free, yeah. I yeah. mean, if yeah, if, I think if we were going to go for a four-four-two, which is the world would probably have to freeze over before we probably do <laughs> that. But I think it, look, when I saw Carlin against Northampton, he seems physically bigger from last season. I don't know if he's been doing any gym work, but he definitely seems a bit more of a presence because um, last year he seemed quite slight. Um, mm. But he seemed to be there was a the, at Northampton there was a chance where he, he sort of ran sort of used his pace and muscled his way through to the byline and I think he won a corner but he looks better I, I don't know I mean we all know from his record you know he can score goals but I think sometimes with him every time I've seen him in the first time it's his decision making that yeah. lets him down um, so I don't think it's his finishing and that's why I don't think Carl will ever keep him or put him as a centre forward because A he's not he's not a Josh He's he's one who play you in the two. Yeah, that's why I think he's more likely to get his chances down the sides. Yeah. I think his self confidence is fine mm. in terms of when he gets the ball uh, and seeing the highlights against Norwich the other day, he did it a couple of times and against Plymouth. He'll pick up the ball and he's prepared to turn and run at defenders, mm. which three or four years ago, even then, he wasn't doing so much. I think he as a striker, wide player, attacking player, he's going to be judged ultimately by how many goals he scores, and he either through the position he plays or because this part of his self-confidence is lacking when he gets to the first team he doesn't make those bursts into the area he's not trying to get on the ends of crosses he's not doing those last bits which presumably he's doing in the youth teams which is why he's getting so many goals mm. um, he needs to add that to his game now uh, I think we've been saying it for a few years about you know we've put him through a lot and he's he's needed time to develop but 22, 23, this yeah, is He's not even that. He's, Lewis has just pointed out he's 19 still. Oh, is he? He's, he's, uh, about, that, to, he's about to turn 20. I mean, case, you, forget, you forget how young he is. But, that, I was going to say, yeah. if he's 22, 23, he needs to start proving it mm. that he's got goals. If mm. not, we need to... But if he's mm. still that age, we need to mm. keep him... But, but, like, and he's stable. Yeah. 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 And as we said, he did, he, he's, got, he's got his assist against uh, Northampton. I mean, he's, he's got assists before. He, they, and he is showing that pace yeah. down the side and that trickery. And probably, that probably is his better position on the, yeah. on the, uh, on the wing and the free. And, and um, Carl was certainly talking him up in pre-season. I remember after Dover, he was really 
uh, talking him up and, he, and then Carlin himself came out and spoke to us and sounded mm. confident so let's he's an asset from the bench yeah. still, I think so but it just it, uh, just the reason I brought him up is just to highlight whether he could be that striker to take the place of McGuinness or Novak and no, the, no, the, needs must I mean if we if we didn't get anyone you'd put him there but yeah. you wouldn't hang your hat on him to yeah Right on the on Sunday, I went down to Tensmead to watch the women's team. We spoke uh, we spoke with Ritesh Mishra and uh, Superfan Alan Watts on the Sunday show. I got a very brief interview uh, with the new signing from the women for the women's team, Ellie Dory. She signed from Brighton uh, in the summer. She got the assist for the Charlton equaliser that made it one all, and then she got the third goal that made us go in three one up at half time against Lewis. Charlton won six one uh, the game in the end. I caught up with Ellie. Uh, just briefly after the game. Ellie Dory, this is, this is your Charlton debut today. Yeah. Um, you must be pleased with that 6-1 win against Lewis. Indeed, yeah. I was a bit nervous at the beginning of the game, didn't know what to expect in that. I knew that they'd built up a good team and uh, brought in new enforcement through the summer, so yeah, I knew it'd be a difficult game, but I'm very happy with the outcome. Obviously, falling behind so early on as well, yeah. I guess in, in years gone by, Retesh was just saying that the Charlton team might have crumbled. Is, is there a mentality in the squad this year that you'll be able to react to knockbacks like yeah, that. Yeah, everything seems so positive. So even at half-time, we were coming out and saying what we were doing good instead of the things that we were doing bad. And I think that just kept everyone positive and kept us going. From a personal point of view, I think you set up the first goal and scored scored the third, was it? Um, yes. Yeah, ha- happy with your personal uh, performance today? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, and uh, I mean, do, do you set yourself like a target every game? I want to get a goal today, I want to get a sister or anything like no, that? No, I just want to go out there and just give everything, do the best I can. So I'm glad that we came off with such a good win. Yeah. So the, you've, you've joined from Brighton Indeed, this year. Yeah. What, what was it that made you come and play for Charlton? Um, I just wanted to enjoy football a lot more and get in more consistent playing time. And I knew that this was a good setup and uh, they're, they're kind of aiming high. So I knew it would be a good place to come to. I mean, have you have you set as a team been set an ambition for this year? Is promotion the aim? Is finishing the top half? Anything like that? I think anything that's a lot better than last year, and just the start of coming in and being a lot more positive and being a better team and like more like a family being together and stuff is kind of the main outcome. So Charlton skipper Kim Dixon, she's been here for years and years and years. I mean, how has she been integral in sort of welcoming, welcoming you? Yeah, she was really good. She was the first person I met when I came in, and uh, she just kind of said, "Yeah, follow me, come along," and uh, just yeah, very welcoming. Yeah, and finally, your opponents today, Lewis, they, yeah. they made the news recently with uh, the, their strife for equality between yeah. the men's and women's teams. How, how do you feel Charlton fair in, in, in that sort of front? I think where we are um, as a team anyway is really good and we do get treated well, we get given a lot of stuff. So I'm happy with it, how it is and everything here. Cousins. Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vinicaine! And there's a goal! Charlton have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out of Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide ball, ball across the penalty area, picked out Vinicaine, who buried his chance, and Charlton a 2-1 up. Charlton Live. Talking about Charlton Live, here is a big match preview. Just heard from the women's team, uh, Ellie Dory, there after their 6 1 win over um, uh, Lewis on Saturday, on Sunday even. Now they're, they're playing again this Sunday uh, away to Gillingham. Uh, the game's actually taking place at Priestfield, at Gillingham's uh, home ground. Uh, 2 pm kickoff, and it's free. So uh, if you want to go uh, down and watch the, watch the women's team, uh, it won't cost you a penny. 
and it'll just cost you obviously your soul because you have to go to Gillingham. But um, no, <laughs> it won't cost you. It won't cost you anything. I, I can highly recommend it. Uh, it, should, it should be a decent game there down at Priestfield. Now, obviously, this Saturday there's a the the small matter of a trip up to Rotherham United. Not an easy game uh, whatsoever. Although we just did, did just hear uh, some audio there from Terry, our last trip up there when we beat him four one. So hopefully more of that, more of the same, please. But this is uh, anyway. Carl Robinson uh, caught up with BBC Radio Kent's Tony Hudd uh, before the uh, the game. I think he was speaking at today's event here at the Valley actually. But this is uh, what Carl said, looking ahead to Saturday's game with Rotherham. Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's match at Rotherham. Carl, the transfer window shuts on September the 1st. Speculations persist that you're in the market for striker. Are you likely to be involved? I've said this on a number of occasions. We've made one or two bids to teams. Um, I'm, I'm just, let's get this straight from the word go. I'm not going to tell you who um, to the media circles, not at all. Um, we've been rejected on two of them. Um, and the, the, the value and the estimation has gone way above what we think is, is right for that player. I've said that to you a number of times. Um, but we are in the market for a striker, yes, um, but it's got to be the right one, and it's got to be the one that takes us forward. I've been told that that, that ability to do that is there, um, but at this moment in time, the players that we want are wanted by the clubs that they're at, and that's always the problem you've got. This is happening at the top level, hasn't it? Um, it's at the top level, um, and it happens at every level, but we're not going to go to 120 million. We can't afford Coutinho, mate, so unfortunately we'll have to let that one pass. Are you likely to persist with Coutinho? <laughs> no, <laughs> with your various targets, um, we'll keep trying. We've only got seven days, and to get the, the, the size of the deal is going to be difficult. Listen, the, the board have said to me, push hard. Um, I have a value of where I know we're at, but I don't. We're working around the clock to try. But listen, the, if the, if a club doesn't want to sell a player, the player's not going. And that's as simple as that. Will players be leaving Charlton? Oh, we don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see for seven days. If people move on, we have to replace them quickly. Have you had any offers? No, nothing. No. On the fitness front, is Ben Rees approaching the level you want him at, and is Mark Marshall continuing to improve from long-term injury? Yeah, Mark's five and a half weeks down the line of his injury now. Um, of a twelve-week injury, so he's he's almost halfway. So. Another same period of time, we'll have him back on the pitch, which is going to be like a new signing for us. Ben Rees will probably start on Tuesday. He's uh, he's got a running session tomorrow. He's got another hour. CP Beans on site. I can put Ben Rees in the squad if we want, but if that's the case, then unfortunately, then we're going to have um, a group of players that for 15 minutes or an hour's training, the hour's training is better to give to get him for for forthcoming games. You said in the summer that uh, no player will be signed for Charlton unless he completes your running test. Yeah. Has Ben done that? Yeah, he has, yeah. He, uh, that means he completed all the running tests. He listens about high-intensity metres per minute. Um, Jake and, uh, and Cashew covered 26k between them on Saturday. Just under 26k. So, that's phenomenal stats. Um, so... We have certain runs, and yeah, he's completed them. I've known Reeves, Reeves is one of the fittest players I work with at MK Don, so I know he's he's certainly up there. So we've got to get him back up to speed and get him ready and ready to go. You're on record as saying that you were pleased with the younger players at Norwich on Tuesday. Any of them knocking on the door for selection on Saturday? Um, no, couldn't even ever going to. I know what my team was, um, but what they certainly does is. 
We certainly showed one or two people that we don't have to delve into the transfer market maybe too soon. We've certainly got players underneath that that can certainly compete, and that's the, that's the positive bit. Awaiting your arrival at Rotherham will be your former number two, Richie Barker. He'll have a fair insight into your players, won't he? Is that an advantage for him? Yeah, we're going to play 4 4 2. <laughs> but he knows what your, play, what your players can do and what they can't do. Yeah, he knows I've never played 4 4 2 and 300 in our game, so he's, uh, yeah, it's the hard bit for me is he knows everything about me, set pieces for, against, he knows everything, so. So he's got a distinct advantage. They're favourites. Carl Robinson, thank you very much. Carl, are they favourites because of that? Or because they've come back down from the Championship? Oh! <laughs> they came down from the Championship last year and uh, they should be in a better frame of mind. Uh, last time they played at home, they scored five goals. So, and it's like if they were coming here, we'd be favourites. So we go, Carl Robertson previewing the game against Rotherham on Saturday. The rest of that's on Valley Pass if you want to if you want to go and get it. Um, he mentions that he believes that um, Rotherham are favourites because Richie Barker knows all about him. He knows him inside out. Well, I suppose he's got a point, especially well, especially when he said that he knows he's set pieces for and against. I was like, oh great. So <laughs> that means we just won't take, won't, won't do corners on Saturday. Just, <laughs> just try and shoot. Where's Danny Green? We can't defend set pieces anyway, can we? So that <laughs> oh, make mate, difference. I still get nervous when we so, get a ball uh, in our box. Uh, hopefully, we'll because uh, we'll, we conceded one at Plymouth, didn't we? Yeah, they got a big old geezer up front as well, haven't they? Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, they like Carl pointed out there. They won their last home game in the league five 0 against Southend, um, but I mean, they've, they've had a slightly shaky start to the season. You know, like, Losing uh, away at Peterborough, uh, losing away at Fleetwood. You read too much in there. They they went to uh, they they went to Huddersfield Town last night and lost in the, in the League Cup. Both near the top, and they eh? Fleetwood and Peterborough. Aren't yeah, they? it's early days yet. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, it's one of those ones. I, I'm quite nervous about it. I don't know why. Even though as well as we're playing, it's just um, coming up one of those good big beefy strikers, and I don't really like it. <laughs> Mm. Like it just reminds me of Rochdale way when they had that. It was oh, in Marvin no. Andrew, yeah. Yeah. Like big old. But we're, not, we're not playing Tex now because no. Tishera was the one who could never yeah. deal with the big strikers. Yeah, I remember him Pierce, Pierce will knock him out. Pierce, yeah. <laughs> Steve Morrison as uh, as well. I mean, in terms of the Charlton side, I mean, it's, for the last few weeks, it's sort of picked itself really. No, not expecting any no, major I change. I can't think there's any injuries or anything. So I think it'll pick itself from from last Saturday. I'd be surprised mm. if any any changes. Um, Reeves sounds like he's going to play his first game next Tuesday in the check yourself so um, yeah no I can't see any changes I think that we've performed well in the two games at home and we performed well against Plymouth and arguably should have been ahead so only takes one of those to go in against Rotherham if we start like that and, and we'll be away um, I'm a bit more confident than Nath but I'm going and my record at away games hasn't been brilliant so yeah, so we'll loss. yeah obviously <laughs> it was a pretty poor Rotherham team that got relegated from mm. uh, yeah. league uh, from the championship last season into league one now Jake Forster Kasky wasn't getting into that team when he was on loan there um, so he's, I bet he's very much going back with a point to prove yeah, yeah he must be he's the form he's going into the game then Hopefully, he can replicate what he was like on Saturday for sure. And um, but yeah, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can yeah. come away with something. As I mentioned, our, our last trip up there was that four-one yeah. win under Jose Riga, and we still got relegated that season. That, that, that was, <laughs> that was one, Igor and Simon, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jesus, one of the days. Seems one like of years the, ago. <laughs> one of the better uh, better days uh, of of that season. Now, um, obviously, every week we do the cashy back bet. And Nathan, you put this one because you failed miserably last time and cost uh, cost right. the upbeats money. Hey, listen, we got we got Cashy out to do the tunnel jump, tunnel <laughs> clap. 
Yeah, that's the best we could. Right, yeah. so, but this week, this week you've put it out to popular opinion, put it to public yeah. vote, it's so everyone can share in the failure this time. Yeah, exactly. So it's not just on my shoulders, but yeah, yeah no, everyone. Uh, so I done the first goal scorer first, um, and, yeah. and it was McGuinness, and then the score was two one. So two fifty gets us ninety quid, not as much as cashy, but it's probably because this one's more likely to happen. <laughs> but um, yeah, so this is the McGuinness first goal scorer two one this week. Hopefully comes in next week I'll put it out to everyone else so someone can pick it just directly so I can blame them on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> right okay so this week's uh, this week's cashy back bet like, like Nathan said there 2-1 Charlton Josh McGuinness to score first uh, £90 up for grabs if we win £2.50 has been put on uh, and all the money of course we'll go to the upbeats if uh, we're, we're not we're not advising you to ever follow our bets because we're dreadful <laughs> yeah, don't, if, if you do just bet uh, gamble responsibly I think that's the uh, go, go to gambleaware.co.uk uh, if you if you <laughs> need to Frank or if you yeah. need to know uh, so but in terms of so is that your, is, does, is that your official prediction nah, as my, well no, my one's the, Desmond Desmond 2-2 two, two, yeah, yeah mine's two. Tom uh, my prediction would have been that we win 2-1 yeah but I'm not having McGuinness first goal scorer oh, he's, he's on a run of form mate leave that <laughs> Cashy, you're a cash winner. Yeah. <laughs> he was the first goal scorer last week, of course. Um, okie dokie. Now, uh, in terms of if you're thinking about how important this game is for the season, now, if you, uh, it, like, it's, it's probably, it probably is too early to say who's going to be up there, who's not going to be up there. But when, it, when a team's come down from the league above, you put them in that bracket of they may be up there. So just very quickly, how much importance has this game got for this season? Uh, I wouldn't say anything massively. I think it's still forty odd games to go, so I wouldn't. But is it a six pointer or anything like that? No, not at all. You know, you left teams that lose loads of games and then end up being uh, there, there or thereabouts. Look at them, yeah. Sheffield United conceded what they conceded like something like ten goals in the first three games or something. Mm. Mate, anything can happen. I think if we lose it, it's not not too much to worry about. If we win it and we won three out of four, and it's against, as you say, a team that got relegated, then we can start Mm. reading a bit more positives into it. But if we lose it. Like Nate says, two two away games, yeah. nothing. Well, that's like we don't lose it. Uh, this is, uh, but we have run out of time here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. Uh, thanks for coming in, Mr. Tom Wallet. Cheers, Louis. And Nathan, it was nice knowing you. Off, yeah. off to get married. Yeah. I'll now. be back late, late September. Yeah, I'll be so back. All, so all the best with you. All the best of your wedding. Hopefully, you'll still be married by the time you come back. <laughs> Well, and you yeah, won't well, have snuck off to go to the uh, to the legends game. Yeah, I don't think I'll be able to swerve that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good. all the best for that. Uh, thanks for, for you guys for joining us here on the big match preview. Charlton Live will be back on Sunday evening when we'll look back at whatever happens against uh, Rotherham on Saturday. Let's hope it's three points for those beautiful men in red. Not the home team this time, though, the away team. Uh, I'll be Louis Mendes. Uh, we'll see you later. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.